Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This is going to be for uh, Luke chapter 7. Now we've covered some of Luke chapter 7 already uh, as we've discussed uh, some of the Matthew chapters. So I'm going to begin in verse 11, tell the story here of the widow's son who's raised from the dead. And then we're going to skip down to uh, another, some other verses later on in Luke 7 because we've already covered them in Matthew. So beginning in verse 11 of Luke 7. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And many people of the city were with her. Now back in the day... Uh, that this is happening, women usually were supported by their husband or another male relative losing her son, and because she was already a widow meant that she was going to be without any kind of financial support, so she would have been left destitute. So Jesus knows that when this happens here. Uh, So there's two groups of people that meet. One is mourning that one has died, the other following the prince of life. Here they meet life and death. And that's by Edersheim. I think that's an interesting uh, notice here, isn't it? Verse 13. And now the Lord saw her and had compassion on her, and he said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they who bare it stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Elder McConkie said it. And is not this first known instance of calling mortals from death to life by Jesus, but a type and a shadow of what this same Jesus shall do for all his people at an appointed time? Will he not say to all, come forth from your graves, step out of your tombs, arise from your beers, live again, this time in glorious immortality, never to suffer the pangs of death again? And will he not then deliver the righteous into the arms of their mothers and fathers and loved ones? Verse 16, And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying "What uh, that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea <clears throat> and throughout all the region round about. So now the rest of Luke, or the next part of Luke here we've already covered. This is uh, John sending disciples to Jesus to get testimony of Jesus, and, and uh, he does that. So then let's go down to verse 36 of Luke 7. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. We do not know the name of the city whose Simon was or who the woman was, only that the banquet, the anointing, and the blessed words spoken by Jesus all took place somewhere in Galilee. And that's by Elder McConkie. He also said it was the social custom of the day for leading Pharisees of a village or city to invite visiting rabbis to break bread with them in their abodes. Some of Jesus' disciples would have been included by Simon in his invitation. Hospitality was a way of life among them, and it was honorable and proper to feed and shelter visiting teachers and travelers. At the dining table, they reclined on couches and their feet outward from the table, and the dining hall was accessible to others than those bidden to partake. 
So I guess people could wander by and see what was going on here, I guess. Verse 37, And behold, a woman of the city, or a woman in the city, who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Now this is, um, so it doesn't identify the name of the woman here. Elder Talmadge said, to say that this woman chosen from among women as deserving of such distinctive honors, being the first to see the resurrected Lord, so he thinks that this is Mary Magdalene, was once a fallen creature, her soul scarred by the, the heat of unhallowed lust is to contribute to the perpetuating of an error for which there is no excuse. So this is not... Um, an evil woman here that's doing this, but if this is Mary Magdalene, then this is a virtuous woman. The This woman may have, in fact, been Mary Magdalene. The casting out of seven devils may, <coughs> may have only meant that she was completely cured of a mental illness or that she was washed and pronounced clean in a marriage ceremony by Jesus himself in Cana. This woman represents all of us with our burdens, making our way to the one true source of rest and relief, knowing that ridicule might well follow her entrance into the eating chamber, knowing that her reputation would accompany her, and knowing that she would not be welcomed by some within, still she she entered. Verse 38, And stood at his feet, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Banquets were held in open-type houses. Spectators or visitors often came in and viewed the proceedings. Boy, that's different than from how we do stuff, isn't it? Now, when the Pharisee who had bidden him saw this, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who or what manner of woman this is, who toucheth him, for she is a sinner. All of us are sinners. Simon's thoughts, this man toward his guest, are no more respectful than were his deeds. He didn't wash his feet or give him a kiss as was the custom. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, said Master, say on. And Jesus said, There was a certain creditor who had, a, who had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, and that's one denarii, or one denarius was a workman's daily wage, so that's one day's worth of work and the other fifty. And when he found that they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose the man to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman who hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. This should be understood as follows. Forgiven have been her sins, the many, and the, thy sins have been forgiven, the many. Or her sins were forgiven in times past, which Jesus now confirms, not her sins are now being forgiven for some special dispensation. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. 49. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. In other words, continue in the path you are in, you are on. So sometimes, it just needs to be remembered that sometimes in the scriptures, they uh, mischaracterize the virtue or the character of women 
um, because they they wanted to downgrade women somewhat in the eyes of the people that read scriptures. Uh, but this so that may not all be accurate. The fact that she anointed him with oil is probably accurate, but uh, maybe for a different reason. Uh, anyway, um, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.